investor doing things on your own? How about someone working with a firm that isn't so responsive or in sync with your investment philosophy? My podcast talks you through all things financial. Look, there's stuff you don't deal with very often, but investments, insurance, and retirement is something we plan for each and every day. This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management, and my co-host, Jay Georgiev. Hello, Constantine. How are you? Hello, Jay. <laughs> so what's cooking this week? What are, we, what are we talking about this week? We got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about and discuss. Well, how about what we're what we have going on with our broker dealer? We mentioned what a broker dealer is before in a previous episode. If you haven't heard that, uh, take a listen to uh, what we talk about with our partners. But LPL does a lot of things for us. They print statements, right? They custody assets, which means when you write checks, you write them to J. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Not usually. Nope. No. You write them to LPL Financial. And then they they will hold the money for you um, in investments. And, you know, that circumvents a lot of problems. Remember Bernie Madoff? Mm-hmm. Remember that character? <laughs> write the check out to Bernal, not Bernal, <laughs> Bernie Madoff. Perfect. And the guy just cashes the check and you're not really invested. We don't want that. And buys a boat. <laughs> Buys a boat, buys multiple boats, boats. buys jewelry, (laughs) buys cars and homes and whatever his wife wants. Anyhow, anyhow. So what we have going on this week with our broker dealer and partner in a lot of different fashions is an event that we call Focus. The Focus 2021 agenda does a lot of things for us. One of them being our annual compliance meeting. Mm-hmm. Compliance. What do you mean you got compliance with investments? Of course we have compliance. Mm-hmm. Are we independent? Yes. Can we do whatever we want? No. <laughs> well, almost. Right. There has to be some regulation in there to keep everybody in check. Yeah, we've got you know we've got um, right regulators on the FINRA side, uh, f- uh, you know, for the brokerage type of business that we do for clients that look for that type of business that don't want to pay uh, an ongoing fee to manage things for them, but more transactional, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Some clients choose that. We can do that. We're hybrid, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've also got the advisory side of things where the SEC has their own set of guidelines. Mm-hmm. And then we have our partner, LPL. So LPL does a lot more than just print statements for us and hold money for us. They give us the technology. They link everything together. They allow us to give products and services to our clients. Not that we have products. It's funny when I bring up that term, you ever have people, they come to me and ask, they might ask you, mm-hmm. What, what's your best product? Yeah. I don't know. We really don't have any products per se. I mean, we don't offer, um, you know, things that are on our shelf that are going bad. Mm-hmm. We don't buy a product and wait to sell it to somebody. It's not like I bought the uh, U.S. Steel stock and I say, Jay, call our top 10 clients. We have to sell this product. <laughs> it's going bad. It's going yeah. bad. We need Expiring to Expiring soon. Right. So anyhow, going back to this focus agenda, I I bring it up because of a couple things. Uh, Number one, they provide a lot more than just the statements and things like that. And they're more of a whole package. 
right? And, and in this, we have our annual compliance meeting, which we do every year, and they cover a number of different things. Um, and a lot of that is geared around protecting the investor, protecting the data that we receive. You know, we've got a lot of, we've got access to a lot of information, right? Yeah, like internet security you're talking about. Internet security, things that we can and can't or should be thinking about can do. Um, we also have some things um, that re- are required by our licenses. And we have some things called anti-money laundering, fraud, and financial crimes training that we do every year, and security and privacy. We have access to clients' data, their birthdays, their socials, their bank account information. So there's a lot of sensitive data. What are we doing with it? How are we encrypting that data? How are we protecting it? Making sure that you know these these cyber criminals don't have access to it. In addition to that, this focused event. Um, it, it does have a ton, a ton of other benefits, like product set, maybe chat investment chassis, technology platforms that we can use to enhance our client experience, mm-hmm. whether it be web-based, the mobile app, whatever it is, they've got all these vendors, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, we, we pay for all these out of our pocket, and we decide what we think our clients want or need, and what's really going to actually add value to them. I mean, I can't tell. So financial planning, you know, we we came from a world where everybody needs a comprehensive financial plan. So what does that mean? That means a 75 to 120 page document that tells you, Jay Georgiev, you should be investing X every month, $500 a month for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Forget about eating today. Forget about paying your bills. Just keep saving and investing and you'll be just fine. Yeah. Reality is it was such a big disconnect between what people could actually do and afford and what was real. Mm-hmm. It didn't look at that. Mm-hmm. It looked to solve for something that would generate you know, enough income for these investors so that when they reach their retirement age, they have enough money. Mm-hmm. And it was based off of a lot of what we call Monte Carlo simulations. Mm-hmm. And essentially what that does is it looks to predict, uh, based on a number of different factors, how successful you're going to be. So if you're making $75,000 a year today, we look at things like inflation. Mm-hmm. We look at the stock market. We look at the cost of goods and products and services. What Jay's life looks like today. Mm-hmm and what it might look like 30 years down the road. Yeah, and how much money you're actually gonna need down the road to survive and keep the lifestyle you're used to. But guess what that doesn't do? Mm. It doesn't look at things that happen in your life in real time. It doesn't look at Jay's heart attack in 15 years. It doesn't look at the loss of a loved one. It doesn't look at a loss in income. It can't predict a pandemic. It can't predict those things. Not to mention investment changes, volatility, right? No, but I think you do try to do the best you can because, I mean, God forbid, like you said, a heart attack down the road. You don't know how much that's going to cost you. Depends on what insurance you have. Could cost you ten thousand. Could cost you one hundred and fifty thousand. Correct. You know what I mean. So that's very difficult to plan for. Right, and there's a, there's a lot of different ways that people can and do plan for those things. Mm-hmm. One of those being, what about um, long term care? Mm-hmm. No one wants to talk about long term care. Yeah. Why don't you want to talk about it? And I'll tell you why. Some of the challenges that we have when we talk to clients about this is, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 
what is your plan if either one of you became sick or ill? What's the number one response from the man? Well, we don't know, right? He's going to say this. Tell you what. Give me a shotgun or uh, oh. throw me in a wheelchair and throw me off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's usually what the man says. Yeah. The That's woman, funny because my grandfather literally told me that. <laughs> I believe it. You get it all the time. And then the woman might say, or you might see a worried look on their face. And, yeah. and they might think, well, maybe my children. And then they start to think about it. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Do I really want my child doing that? Yeah. No one does. People might say that at first. If you actually take a minute to think about the impact that that has on your child, the burden that you've placed on them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about that when it comes to even life insurance. Some people don't have life insurance. They don't have a burial. They don't have a game plan. They haven't thought that far down the road. And they just assume, my kid's going to take care of me. They're well off. Jay Jay has a decent amount of money. He can bury me, right? When it comes to volatility, I, I actually got this text message. I have not shared this with you, Jay, but this this is when we talk about volatility and poking holes in someone's financial plan. I got this text. This is a I guess it's a it's a tweet. So it's not my own. But I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna quote this tweet. It says proud dad tweet. Taught my three-year-old about investing this morning. He could either have half a gummy prior to nursery or he could have or he could leave it there and have two in the afternoon. He chose a letter. So proud. Right? Mm-hmm. I ate both of them once he left. <laughs> right? I ate them both once he left though because hashtag volatility uh. hilarious so this kid is <laughs> teaching his three-year-old about investing says yeah, i'll give you one now or if you wait and you, you hold off i'll give you two yeah. the kid decides to wait as soon as he leaves the room he eats both of them all oh, volatility i mean just hilarious <laughs> just hilarious a little investment that humor i guess that's like a dad joke <laughs> if diana was here she'd be she'd be laughing and bashing me right now <laughs> anyhow so that's those are some of the things that we have on our plate this week with our focus agenda we've got our compliance training and a ton a, a slew of vendors that are here to pitch their ideas on why we should be using other product set um, and subscribing to that, offering it to our clients. So we always take the tires on these and look for better ways. We've done a number of enhancements over the years since 2014. We've evolved and changed. We've kind of come into the times with texting and all the technology platforms, mobile app. We're definitely growing and evolving. With that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Do you want help building and managing an investment portfolio that's right for you? One that will help you maximize growth potential while you're saving? help you generate income when you need it most, and eventually preserve what you've saved to leave to your beneficiaries? We do this day in and day out and take the stress and responsibility of making those decisions off your plate. Subscribe to our newsletter, read our blog post, and listen to our podcast to get a flavor of how we do things. Our firm is unique and capable of handling all your investment and insurance needs. Monarch Wealth Management, our guidance, your future. Welcome back to Pennywise Financial Podcast. Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management, and my co-host, Jay Georgia. Welcome back, Jay. Thank you. We have returned. We have returned. <laughs> we have returned. And it seems like this uh, coronavirus stuff just keeps returning. The so, variant? The, the variant. We mentioned the Delta variant before. You know, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, a couple days ago, 
Wegmans. Wegmans. Mm. Our our favorite grocery store. I was just there. I didn't need a mask. You did not need a mask. No. Nope. Did you did you read what what um what they said in a recent tweet? No, I think I heard something about it. So this was breaking news. News eight W R O C. Whoa. Says breaking news. Effective immediately, all Wegmans customers, regardless of vaccination status, will be strongly encouraged encouraged to wear masks while shopping. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Effective immediately, as if, like, here's a mandate. I know. I think that's all PR. Purge. Just so they say we did it this. It is. You know what this I mean? This is the this is the this is the news. Yeah. Even though Wagman strongly encourages customers, but they they add in their effective immediately. It sounds like a mandate. Like the military's here to enforce this latest, I guess, in the vaccination and uh, mask wearing mandates. Yeah. How about the moratorium? So, as you know, I've mentioned this before in the past, we've got some clients who invest in real estate, not only with us here at the firm, but on their own. They've got real assets, real properties, mm-hmm. could be apartment buildings, could be multifamily, could be single family. And there's some real problems here. And we're not alone. And I'm a small time real estate investor, you know, I've yeah, got a few yeah. properties, that's, that's it. But, with this moratorium that we have going on right now, you cannot begin the eviction process. Yeah, with the old one, right, that expired? Or is this the new one you're talking about? So the old one expired as of the end of July. July, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Just yet, uh, yeah, was it yesterday? Was it August 3rd, I wanna say? August 3rd or 2nd, let me double check this. Well, I heard after that expired, they weren't gonna be doing one or they hadn't come to a consensus on if they were gonna do one again or anything, but then you told me today, oh, they did one. You know? well, well, I mean, when you have a, when you have an end date yeah. and it approaches and you don't renew it and it expires, yeah. it opens the floodgates. Because exactly. <laughs> you got all these landlords that have no, no way of collecting rent mm-hmm. right there's no mandate and you can't kick the people out you can't kick the tenants out yeah not that they want to i'm sure they don't they just want to get paid because guess what they have taxes yeah they have insurance and they probably have a mortgage or a home equity so they want to pay their bills too and this this statement came out from the cdc on tuesday august 3rd and essentially what they did is they they extended this so it expired at the end of July. And I think this is a result of some of the landlords in the first couple of days maybe starting the filings. They, they've kind of been waiting. Hey, you're back six, eight, 12, maybe 14 months in rent. So you've got the rent payment, you've got a late payment, and then you've got interest and penalties on top of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could easily be 10, 20, 30,000 for any given landlord. And I'm a small time landlord. Yeah. But there's some people that have some serious money on the table right now. Yeah. And they're looking for ways to, to get help. But now it expires. So I've got to imagine that the floodgates open. People started going down at the expiration and filing for eviction. Mm-hmm. Now, eviction is not like, hey, I file for it on Monday and Tuesday. Jay Georgiev is out of his apartment. Yeah, you're talking months. You're talking months. Yeah. You're talking fees, legal fees. There's a process, right? Yeah. You don't just kick people out on the street. And I'm sure a lot of these landlords don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't. 
Yeah. I don't want to see anybody on the street. If I can somehow come to terms and negotiate and get some form of payment so that I can pay my mortgage, pay my insurance, pay my taxes, keep the upkeep. Um, I mean, that's the idea. I think for the most part, the majority of landlords are willing to do that. You know, there are some bad apples, though. Let me tell you. Yeah, but it's coming to the point now. I mean, you're talking, like you said, 14 months. I mean, how long can you go without getting income from your property? Correct. You know what I mean? Uh, eventually, you're just going to have to say, I'm, I'm selling my property. Selling my property or it's going into foreclosure? Yeah, or, or something. You got to have ample cash reserves. Yeah. I always believe in diversifying, right? Mm-hmm. You have some people that look at the college properties. So say you own college properties. If you look at like RIT that's local to us, great school. Over time, they've continued to add more and more student housing. It's nice housing too. Yeah, they've seen it. So if you are a person that owns a ton of college rentals, you're competing with them now, mm-hmm. right? Not to mention kids being you know, kicked out of, not kicked out of school, but kind of converting them from an in-person experience to a virtual experience. Yeah. Do I need to rent that apartment? Well, can I even rent it? Can I even attend school? Yeah. Is there a job that I can be working to help pay for the rent? Probably not. I didn't even think of that. So there's a lot of challenges. Well, there's a lot of different challenges. Even before COVID, I mean, you're still fighting an uphill battle because you got to continue to maintain and upgrade. You got to make it look appealing, right? If you're in, but I guess the point is, if you just dive headfirst into college properties because they've been successful or profitable for you in the past, and that's Mm -hmm. the only thing you've done, if there's ever a problem in that one sector, then you're going to feel that that yeah, pain yeah right yeah. and then you got some people that have single family mm-hmm. that have maybe duplexes that have a combination of college and commercial properties mm-hmm. mixed use properties so you got maybe a tenant upstairs or two and then downstairs you've got a storefront so you have a kind of a diverse way of investing, even in real estate, even if it's not with us, but it's a way of diversifying yourself, having ample cash reserves. And that's why we say, you know, when you invest, it's not always a good idea to borrow to invest money. Warren Buffett talks about this all the time. Mm-hmm. So trading on margin, maybe taking out a bank loan. Hey, my house is paid for. It's worth 100000 Let me go take an $80,000 mortgage or home equity. Take that money and invest it. I should make money, right? Right, Jay? Mm-hmm. And I had that question last year. Tons of people who had flipped properties multiple times. These were real estate investors. And they were not able to flip the properties. They couldn't show them. Mm-hmm. Right? There was a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen. Are people still buying? Well, actually, if you look at the price of homes, they went way up. Mm-hmm. There was no inventory. So they probably had challenges if they were making money on a few of these flips and properties they were doing. There was nothing else to buy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they were looking to make a quick buck. And and I had a few of those that asked me if they could make 20, 30, 40% in two months. Maybe. Yeah. It's possible, right? Anything's possible. If you have the right property. That's not the kind of firm that we have. Yeah. We don't go in buying stocks to sell them in three weeks or a day or three hours. Yeah. That's not the type of investment we do for our clients. Long-term planning Mm -hmm. is a part of a process, a systematic process. We talk about how we sift through our investment menu, right? And we constantly tweak and modify that. 
but it's not buying a stock today at 9.35 a.m. and selling it at 11.30 to make 30%, like because Robin we bought the Robinhood stock. There you go. You knew I was going there. You knew I was going to Hood. You knew I was going to Hood. Yeah. And so, you know, when you, when you have those type of you know, clients or prospects that think that they can make a quick buck, yeah. we might not be the best solution for you. I can tell you we are not the best solution for you. Yeah. Right? Because that's more of a gamble. It is. You yeah. could go to the casino and double your money in five minutes or lose it all. Bet it on black. Bet it on black, throw it on 23. <laughs> I, I don't know. You could go to the craps table. Yep. Right? Best odds in the house. Perfect. You know I worked in the casinos. Yeah. You know I saw people losing their rent and mortgage. and That's horrible. It's crazy. It's great. And you know the best part about those folks who enjoy gambling? Mm-hmm. They, they like the rush. Yeah. It's a sense, I don't know, it's a, the excitement that I don't understand. And even if they won a jackpot, say they won 10 million bucks, mm-hmm. they'd be at the casino or some other gambling establishment yeah. the next day, the next week, the next month. I think it's a point of view because whenever I go into the casino, I go into the casino for experience. I go into so the casino I. thinking in my head, how much am I willing to lose today? Not you're, not, how, you're not a real gambler. Not how That's much I'm going to win because I know I'm not going to win. I'm going to walk out losing. But am I going to have fun? I want to have fun. That's it. I think that is the best way to look at it. Yeah. And I look at it that way too. I go in with a budget. I yeah. know I have an idea of how much I'm going to spend. Yep. To me, it's paid entertainment. Yeah, exactly. You I mean, you go to the movie man. theater now, 60 bucks for two people. Is it that much? You know, with popcorn, whatever snack you want to get. Yeah, it's going to be 60 bucks. That's crazy. You know? When's the well, last time you went to a movie? I Have go you been about recently? once once a month, maybe. We once try to catch a movie, maybe. But still far and few between and I don't know the direction of these AMC and Regal the theaters we talk about this all the time my wife and I and it's been it's probably been three years maybe four years since I've been to an actual theater but you're busy all the time I am busy yeah I'm I'm the worst person but we do watch movies wasn't there a shooting yeah there was a shooting my wife was telling me there was a shooting where three younger kids went into a movie and I guess two of them left and the one kid went in and, and killed a couple people. And Are you was, talking about Rochester or just nationwide I, somewhere? I don't I I don't know that it was Rochester because okay. it probably would have come across the headlines. Yeah, probably. and I haven't heard anything about that. But um you know, theaters in general. And she's the comment she said to me was, geez, I don't know that I want to go to a theater anytime soon yeah. because of that and cleanliness and COVID and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could see a lot of people thinking that same way, especially yeah. with, doesn't HBO have the same day releases? So it's released at the theater? It's for certain there. movies. For certain, not all. And I think there was a lawsuit with, uh, what's the girl that was in? Disney, yeah. With, Disney, uh, right? Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I wonder how that's going to make out. So, wh- what was the deal? They they released it on Disney Plus. On I their heard platform? it was a bunch of baloney. I don't think there's any validity behind it. I, you, so you I think she's going to lose? I don't. I don't know exactly what's okay. going on with it, but I don't think it. I heard it's just a bunch of 
hoopla quotes with you know just for like PR kind of stunt something or something like that. But well, the, the news they like to sell these these horror stories, so they're gonna exactly. make it sound a lot worse than exactly. this. Maybe it was some kind of disagreement. I don't know. Yeah. But from what I heard, I saw a little bit on TV mm-hmm. about it. Again, very knowledgeable resource. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know so much about it. But from what I could gather is the negotiation that they did back way back when with her agent they weren't thinking this is probably what does it take like a year or two to produce a movie yeah to I edit know. it so i know it's a long period out. of time it's a long process so yeah. you think two three years ago when they were negotiating this contract they thought anything about a pandemic a shutdown the yeah. theaters being closed yeah. probably not so i think they may have a case to say geez this is a, the best way that we can release our content so our our subscribers have access to it because they don't feel comfortable yet going to the theaters mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't really know what the issue was. Did she? I think she's losing by doing money? it that way. It, it makes less money. I I don't know the particulars. So her concern is she's making less money. I believe so. So she's the one that filed a suit against Disney. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. See, I heard that Disney filed a suit, suit against, against her. her. For not doing something or something like that. See, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, you have two Mixed people that know nothing about yeah. nothing about the, the topic. All right, what to are we talking up. about next? <laughs> On that note, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the show. Do you have a high deductible insurance plan? If so, have you set up your HSA? There's a ton of people who don't know what it is or how it works. Even worse, there aren't many people who can give you advice about how to make the most of these powerful and unique programs. Not many advisors focus on this in their practice, don't understand the mechanics of how they work or even where to begin helping their clients. Reach out to me, Constantine at Monarch Wealth Management, and I'll guide you through this process and get you on track to make the most of your high deductible plan and your superhuman HSA. Welcome back to Pennywise Financial Podcast. Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management, and my co-host Jay Georgiev, the Scarlett Johansson expert. <laughs> I'm here. You're here. I know you are. So let's talk about the investment market. Where okay. where are things going? You, you want to rattle off some numbers? I, ha- I have some notes here on the indices and the indexes and how they've done so far year to date. Well, it looks great today. Everything's markets up? <laughs> yeah, looking good. Okay, pretty much across, across the board green? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, because we, we did our podcast last week. I did a blog post about the months of August and September, Yeah. typically the down months, mm-hmm. but the months following that look really darn good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So where we stand year to date, Dow Jones Industrial up 14 plus percent. S&P is up 17 plus percent. NASDAQ up 15 and change. Russell, which is the small cap, 13 plus percent. And crude oil up a mere 42 plus percent. Gold is down around four. Since January. Since January. January 1. Mm -hmm. Now, again, we brought this up many, many, many times. We have to go back to our first episode of the year to find out what our targets were. Mm Mm-hmm. Based on what we know today, and here we are sitting in the eighth month of the year, so we've got a few months left. Where do you see the market going? What's your take on? I mean, we're, yeah, you're we're right. at fourteen plus percent in the Dow. Yeah, you know, where do you where do you see us finishing? Higher or lower than here? 
Um, lower. Lower. Lower, yeah. So you think we're heading lower. I, I would forecast, based on what I've seen today, that although we might have some volatility in August and September, and no one knows, mm-hmm. I look at that as a buying opportunity. <laughs> I have clients that do have, you know, a marginal amount of cash or dry powder, we like to call it, maybe 10%. We're going to utilize that and hop on any of those, jump on any of those drawdowns that we see in the market, Mm -hmm. right? However, we still have 90 plus percent of that money invested. Mm -hmm. We're not out of the market. We are not. And in many cases, I have clients fully invested. They're fully invested. Worrying about a two to 3% drop in the market for the next couple of months each month is not going to have a dramatic impact. But I will say this, cashing out and missing, you know, a few best days in the year can can dramatically impact your overall returns. Yeah. Right? And you talk about things like gold. Gold does well when people are scared or fearful. Yeah. Right? Hedge against inflation. How about stock U.S. stock performance? This is an article, and, and again, I'm pulling this off of uh, a, a LinkedIn article. Um, this is written by this is a, who is this Nick Maggioli? I don't even know. I'm probably murdering the poor guy's name. This is an August 3rd post he had about some of the biggest investment blunders, I guess. Right. So when we look at U.S. stock performance, talking about bad decades. If you had invested, this is going back, U.S. stock performance, right? March of 1999, ending February 2009, that chart looks completely awful. Awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you're down almost 40% over a 10-year period. Talk about bad timing. Now, who knows if you just blindly, you know, threw money in, didn't make any tweaks or changes, didn't have your money diversified in, in the right way. If you were just looking at U.S. stock performance, that's crazy. That's a lost decade right there. That is not a good scenario. How about the Italian stock performance? Italian? Italian. <laughs> this is the Italy stock performance going back to, what is this, 99? This is 99 as well. Okay. Going, or excuse me. I say 99. Yeah, you said 99. I meant, what I meant was actually 2006. Go to 2006 to 2016, again, down about 40%. Now, there's a lot about, when you when you talk about international stocks, there could be opportunity, right? How does the pricing look compared to the U.S. stock market? It's much cheaper. Sometimes cheaper is for a reason. Yeah. You know, and every year, I, f- I just had this conversation today with a client talking about international opportunity. What do you think of international markets? They're cheap, yeah. right? They're cheap. But I also think they are maybe about six to eight months behind the U.S. as far as coming out of this pandemic. Having the right tools and resources, education, uh, access to the vaccines, mm-hmm. and administering those. Because I know the vaccine came out, what, in 
2020, maybe November, December uh, mm-hmm. timeframe. But then the next project was actually being able to distribute that yeah. and get people to have a point. Remember, you had to have an appointment. You mm-hmm. had to wait. People were trying to cut in line, doing whatever they could to get these vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. They were calling people who were volunteering <laughs> at the at the facilities and trying to get their name on the list. And I, well, you'd I'm not going to mention an names. hour and then they tell you we're out of the vaccine. Yes. I've heard that, too. You know, so. And so it was a limited, from what I understand, it, there's a limited life of that vaccine, right? Where a specific one. I don't know which one it was. it's kept cold. But now I think they've changed that with the new ones coming out. They're different. Yeah, they're different. So there's no. They're not as volatile. Okay. Because I remember there was an issue about how it's being stored at certain yeah. temperatures. Like crazy, yeah. crazy low temperatures. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's this thought process behind boosters and things like that. So the international market, yes, is cheaper, but there's a lot more volatility there. Yeah. Spain stock performance. Going back, geez, this is 74 <clears throat> to 84, another 10-year period. Well, I heard. Down about 65%. I heard, too, now is a great time to buy China, but the only concern is volatility. Correct. You know, I mean. Correct. You, you don't want to get stuck in something over there and then all of a sudden how about the Greek stock market I didn't know there was a Greek stock market <laughs> you thought they were all private companies there's nothing public yeah, there's no there public stocks. shops everywhere huh, why not <laughs> this is going uh, from 2008 to 2018 this is a 10-year period down around 85 90 percent is that all all? you almost lost all your money in that 10 years that's 10 years those are complete nightmares this this is great examples this guy nick gives and um i I like the fact that he's willing to share those blunders those nightmares of dollars and data that's great i love i love the article there's a read on that but um yeah as far as where to place your money where where to put your chips on the table i think we are in uh, agreement that the market is definitely has some pockets of being overpriced right you mention this all the time yeah i still think i would be overweight and continue to be overweight the u.s market versus the international market for the time being yeah however systematically investing over time in the next maybe year year and a half two years into the international space and i would say more developed than the um, emerging markets emerging markets countries that are not quite developed yet they have a lot of potential Mm -hmm. um but I, I don't know that they have the access to the vaccines and control over the pandemic that we do. Yeah, Not quite at the same level. I'm just concerned about this variant coming out because I, now I'm starting to hear things of we might start seeing shutdowns like we had before. We cannot we cannot afford know. those shutdowns. That's the only thing. Psychologically, what? mentally. Financially. Financially. Yeah. It destroyed relation. Think about these kids. Yeah. And my son is young. So he, he's at a, a point in his life where there's a lot of learning about how to socialize and interact. That's one thing. But there's some kids that are juniors, sophomores, yeah. in high school, in college. Mm-hmm. Imagine just finishing, just, just graduating college, right? Mm-hmm. Got your degree. Maybe you finished grad school. You come out into the workplace and your interview is virtual. Mm-hmm. Your workplace is virtual. You have no real life experience. And I yeah. talk about this on the M&A side too. I've worked with some merger and acquisition companies who have hired these younger kids that have zero experience. You can read all the books you want. Yeah. That means nothing. 
means absolutely nothing. It's a Mike Tyson quote. Uh, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is if you don't have that real life experience, I don't care how many books you've read. You know, you can read all the martial arts books that you want. You go and you get into a street fight and a cat fight. You tell me how that works out. Yeah. And that's okay. That's part of experience. We all learn and grow from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, I'm concerned that these kids now coming out of college, early in their career, even, you know, anywhere from middle school to high school, they're missing out on so much. Yeah. So much. This morning, Senator Ted Cruz was talking with um, one of the CNBC anchors, and they got into a little debate about the mask mandate at schools. And his perspective is, I, I, he was vaccinated, him and his wife. He has two children, age 10 and I think eight. They chose not to have them vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, the risk reward for them being adults and getting you know, the virus, um, out, the benefits outweighed not getting it. Mm-hmm. So they chose to get the vaccine for themselves. But for their children, they looked at the statistics, the science behind things. Mm-hmm. Younger kids, uh, less prone to, I guess, maybe contracting it. And if they do, they're asymptomatic. Better immune system. Better Im- immune system. Yeah. I mean, these kids, my son had ear infections. You wouldn't even know. He was smiling and laughing and playing. As an adult, if I had an ear infection, I'm out. I'm out. I mean, don't even come in my room. Yeah, I got the door locked. You, we're going to have to bring you soup and leave it at the door. Yeah. And women will say this all the time. Men are babies. Yeah, well, pretty much. If True. I'm a baby, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in that category when it comes to that. When, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that I'm a person that gets sick very often. But when I do, I'm out. Yeah. I am. D- I'm yeah. down. For leave the you count. alone. Don't talk to you. Right. Yeah. But I'm not needy. Yeah. I don't need attention. Yeah. I just need to be left alone. Yeah. Left alone. So anyway, yeah, there, there's definitely some opinions that people have uh, about different ways, but I don't think that we can afford another shutdown. Yeah. That's the only thing that concerns me about these, you know, um, talking about what the market's going to do by year end and this and that. I think the only thing that will fluctuate that is that variant and what happens because of all this hype with the variant. I mentioned this in our last show. I would presume that we're more prepared to deal with a variant of what happened considering the pandemic. When that happened, we knew nothing. We, we didn't know. There was a lot of misinformation. We didn't get much info from China. I don't think but they we're did stuck in the same boat with the variant. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. You know what I mean? It's always something new. I'm less concerned about it. I really am. I, again, I might be in the minority. Yeah. Um, I'm, I might be underestimating things. But I think that we are better prepared. I think that the the science and the labs and, and all the work that these biochemists have, have done on on the vaccine and the pandemic are better prepared and equipped to deal with things mm-hmm. for a variant. And and I uh, Moderna's CEO was just on this morning on CNBC, mm-hmm. and they're seeing very good success. I don't know if they've modified this booster shot that they're talking about, but very good success with antibodies on this Delta variant. Mm-hmm. 
So again, we'll have to get a, a chemist or somebody from the biotechnology on yeah. our show one day we'll, to really school us. We'll know in a month. We will. I we think will. It, by the end of August, we'll know what's going on with this variant and everything. So coming back to the original question, I know you are less optimistic about things through the remainder of the year. I guess more so, not less optimistic, but just knowing um, that the concern is there with the Delta variant. I'm still optimistic. I like earnings. I think that we're going to have some tailwinds coming back to uh, consumer spending mm-hmm. and getting back to life, getting back to you know things the way they used to be or something close to mm-hmm. that. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I hope that we can all overcome this and uh, I remain poised and optimistic about the future. I still see another five plus percent on the upside on let's call it the S&P for the remainder of the year. Let's see how things fare. I think that's all for today's show. Thanks again. Constantine here, Pennywise Financial Podcast from Monarch Wealth Management. Thanks again, Jay. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Pennywise Financial, brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything, from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Or call us toll-free at 800-480-1580. That's 800-480-1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial, signing off. in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC.